Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Baby blue just like we Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. You had better. Let's wake them up, get them up, get them going. It's Friday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod via Friday in advance of the final weekend of the NFL's regular season. Big games for the Texans and Cowboys. Task simple for Dallas. Beat a lowly commander's team, and they are the division champions in the NFC. Two seed in the NFC East. A huge game tomorrow night for the Houston Texans. We will preview it and get you ready for the final week of the regular season in the NFL. Also, plenty of college football news coming in in advance of Monday night's national championship game, Michigan and Washington for the national title. Texas, of course, uh, day by day, seeing players stay or go. Two more announced they're leaving yesterday, or at least reported that they're leaving. We'll get you details on the latest two and what's to come into the weekend and into the next week for Texas. Also, some major stories around college football we'll dive into over our five-hour Friday conversation. Big games down in the NBA. How about Victor Wembanyama head-to-head with Giannis Antetokounmpo last night for the first time on Wemby's 20th birthday, kind of an electrifying game. And then what a finish out in Golden State last night. Nikola Jokic, a 40-foot bank shot at the buzzer to beat the Warriors. We'll get you details there. We've got golf. The uh, first event of 2024 is underway out in Hawaii. So we've got a lot to do. It's going to be a fun five hours. We appreciate you being there. Uh, happy New Year to everybody in the first week of the new year, 2024. A lot to do. Five hours likely will be enough to get it all in and talk with you. Uh, you can always hit us on the uh, Pex line, make your voice known at 447-3776. It's myself, and look who it is across the desk. Just rolling in here through the mist of a Friday morning and the cold mist of a Friday morning. He is our uh, football theorist, of course, out of the 713 down in Houston, Texas, DB High down there. Also DBU right here in the 512. Spent four years in the National Football League, 16 years now doing great radio and analysis here in Austin, Texas. He is our football theorist, Blackster Thomas, proud pop of Baby Monroe. He is our man, Rod Babers. RB, how are you, bud? I'm doing great. Thank you for the intro and the hospitality as always. And, uh, of course, it is Friday, so it is a freak flag. Feel good. Thank you till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! And for one of the last times, a football Friday edition of Hook 'em Up with E N Rod B. And uh, yeah, man, I'm happy that we got more football to talk about. But week 18, last week of the NFL, Ugh. it's starting to dry up a little bit, man. Our football fix is starting got about to dry a month. up. Got got about a month plus into got, the Super yeah, Bowl. Man. Uh, I, I'm regretting it, but uh, also looking forward to it. So it's going to be fun. We'll talk about the big games, though, for the Texas NFL teams. Uh, we'll break that down. Texans with a big game coming up. Uh, really, their postseason hopes uh, on the line. And we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys, their division hopes on the line and all they got to do is as the late great al davis would say just win baby just win baby that's all you gotta do so we'll talk about that break it down just win that's exactly right and yeah we appreciate you being there wherever you find us could be on 1019 fm could be am 1260 of course on the traditional radio side but if you're digital these days we appreciate you doing that download that horn app to your smartphone and you listen to us with the touch of a button wherever you are anywhere in the 512 all over the great state all over the world also at hornfm.com as we come to you live from the uh the uh, South Austin Onion Creek uh, compound. Uh, Ty Henderson's back in the Horn headquarters and ready to roll things this morning. Ty, how are we doing into a Friday? Who, if you, if you have not been listening to the show all the week, shame on you. But also, Ty has uh, launched something called uh, Hot Boy January. I don't know where he glossed this. Hot Boy January, he where he was, he will not be consuming alcohol nor fast food for Good the man. month. Uh, how are we doing there, Ty? Everything, everything copacetic so far. About four days into the new year. Yeah, ate uh, three square meals yesterday. Made myself three square meals, um, and nice. then my girlfriend got home from Puerto Rico, which was nice. And she she broke her dry January uh, at the airport yesterday, but I gave her a pass. I said airports are are, are yeah. so we, you know like it's. She was all stressed out. I was like, just go get some wine, and it, might, it turned into maybe a bottle or two. But uh, <laughs> I'm feeling good. Feeling good. A little tired this morning, but I'm, I'm excited for the weekend. I like how the airport doesn't apply. Uh, that also that, that that is the case for the prices in the airport as well. Uh, they don't apply to real life either. Yeah, that, so you're stressed out because <laughs> you're waiting prices. in line or whatever security line is going to be late for the flight or whatever the heck stress is going on at the airport. There are plenty of them uh, these days. But yeah, then you you know you stress out and then you okay let me go get this bottle this glass of wine and then you, you see the bill there. and you see your bill and you're like oh now I'm just stressed even more. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, seriously, the prices at airport, we just accepted, but uh, it was like, what? Airport prices are a different thing altogether. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those were a question. Uh, all right, before we get started, shout out to those who serve. We know society built on the selflessness of service, so we want to make sure that we give a shout out each and every morning to those who are doing uh, God's work out there, whether it be God, country, or community that you serve, uh, which will know that we appreciate each and every one of you, the soldiers, first responders, the teachers, the nurses, uh, all of you out there. We can't name you all, but we appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you. That's exactly right. Uh, appreciate you each and every day. No question about it as we get cranked up into the weekend. First weekend of 20 and 24, and it does feature a lot of NFL. Uh, high school football all-star games we'll talk about. Got a lot to do. Let's start with the top stories we do each and every morning. Get you caught up on the news as you get up and out to start your uh, Friday morning. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonequin bring you the top stories, and it starts with Texas football. The exodus of 2023 Longhorn stalwarts into the NFL continued yesterday with word that both defensive tackle Byron Murphy and running back Jonathan Brooks will forego future eligibility at Texas and make themselves available for the NFL draft. Murphy earned, all, earned Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year honors in 2023, pairing with Tavondre Sweat to form that uh, wall in the middle. Junior from DeSoto tallied 29 tackles, 8.5 for loss, 5 sacks, also scored a couple of touchdowns, one of those coming this past Monday night in the Sugar Bowl. Brooks, meanwhile, making the move to order to strike while his professional stock is at its highest. Even in the aftermath of a torn ACL, he suffered against TCU on November the 11th. Third year back from Hallettsville emerged as the Longhorns' lead running back in 2023. Rushed for over 100 yards six times or more, including a career on 218 yards against Kansas. Even with his injury, is currently Mel Kuyper's top-ranked available tailback for the 2024 draft. Brooks and Murphy follow wide receiver Xavier Worthy, who declared for the draft on Tuesday. Still waiting on official word from quarterback Quinn Ewers, wide receiver A.D. Mitchell, tight end Jatavion Sanders on what their decisions will be. Also from college football, former K-State quarterback Will Howard announced he plans to continue his college career at Ohio State. He's expected to compete with uh, West Redshirt freshman quarterback Devin Brown for the Buckeyes' starting job. Brown lost the battle to, for quarterback to Kyle McCord last offseason. McCord, of course, transferred to Syracuse this, this in this portal. Uh, Brown got the start and was injured in the Ohio State's Cotton Bowl loss to Missouri. So uh, Will Howard headed to Columbus. Major coaching move at Oklahoma yesterday. Brett Venables announced that OU's defensive coordinator linebackers coach Ted Roof is out. Sooners expected to hire Jacksonville State defensive coordinator Zach Alley. 28-year-old Alley worked under Venables at Clemson. Just finished his first season as D.C. at Jacksonville State. High school football, four members of the Longhorns 2024 signing class taking part in tomorrow's All-American game down in San Antonio. A pair of future horns have been turning heads on Wednesday. 20 Texas 2024 quarterback commitment Trey Owens was identified as the standout performer from that day's practice. Then yesterday, on three sports director of scouting, Charles Power identified wide receiver Trey Wingo as the standout performer of all the All-Stars there during the three day practice. Owens and Wingo will be joined by Texas uh, linebacker signing Ty Anthony Smith and punter Michael Kern on the West team for tomorrow's All-Star game set for noon at the Alamo Dome. Final week of the regular season in the NFL does kick off tomorrow. Doubleheader of Week 18 action. Tomorrow at 3.30, Baltimore hosts Pittsburgh. Game means nothing to the top-seeded Ravens, but huge for the Steelers. They can clinch a postseason berth with a win and a loss by either Buffalo or Jacksonville. Then tomorrow night, massive game in Indianapolis, Colts and Texans. AFC playoff spot on the line and possibly an AFC South title on the line if the Jaguars were to lose this weekend on Sunday. Sunday task is simple for Dallas. The Cowboys need to beat Washington. Sunday afternoon, they will clinch the NFC East and the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. Dallas just three and five on the road this season, but the Commanders have lost seven in a row. In the NBA, good one down in San Antonio last night. Giannis Antetokounmpo pumped in 44 points, grabbed 14 boards, helped Milwaukee overcome an electric performance from Victor Wenbanyama. Bucks win at 125-121 on his 20th birthday. Wemby scored 27, grabbed nine rebounds, and delivered several highlight reel plays in the loss. Uh, but the Bucks get the win. And also, how about the finish last night? out in uh, San Francisco, Denver, rallied from 18 down in the fourth quarter to Sun Golden State, 130 to 127. Nikola Jokic nailed a 40-foot bank shot at the buzzer to provide the game winner. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. And the weird thing about the uh, eligibility in college now, guys have to announce they're leaving, and I assume some of these guys had already exhausted their eligibility, like Byron Murphy. I'm like, I thought Byron Murphy had to leave, but I guess no, he's, well, he's just a junior. He's just a junior, yeah. Yeah, uh, and you have Brooks and Murphy are two guys who could have come back maybe for a couple more years. Because, yeah, the eligibility stuff. Yeah, the they, eligibility. I want to say the, uh, man, what is he quoted, Bowman? Uh, Alan Bowman? Yeah. He got a seventh year of eligibility? Yeah, at, at Oklahoma State. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't even know how that's possible. I don't even know. I mean, I, I know he's had some injuries, so it could be the, the obviously the injury year. That's another. That's another thing. And then you got the red shirt, then the COVID year. So that's like three or four extra years you can have now. But it's a, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Byron Murphy announced that he's leaving, but I thought that was pretty much a foregone conclusion. Uh, but you're right, he could have come back. He could have. Um, yeah, he could have for sure. And Jatavion Sanders is just a junior. He has eligibility remaining. You know, the guys that we know have to move on, or we, we think we know, Rod, as you just indicated, uh, you know, Jalen Ford, Devondre Sweat, I believe, is out of eligibility. Uh, these guys are obvious. They're moving on. But uh, the guys who still have remaining eligibility who are making I mean, Xavier Worthy, who's just a three-year player at Texas, um, Jonathan yeah. Brooks, Byron Murphy, uh, these are guys that uh, certainly could come back. Quinn Ewers is now eligible for the draft if he wanted to. We assume he's coming back but have not heard officially. Maybe we just accept Quinn doesn't have to say anything. He hasn't said anything other, otherwise. That's true. I mean, you don't have to say anything. No, you don't. Guys, just we just become accustomed to guys making the announcement, but he didn't have to say anything. No. He could just come back. <laughs> Instead of, a, yes, I mean, that, that could very well happen to Quinn. Quinn is pretty, you know, kind of understated. I mean, he's not uh, someone who's – who lives on social media a lot either. Well, heck, even in this day and age of uh, digital, you know, reels and things, yeah. even Jay Witt put out a nice little video send-off Every, yesterday every, saying goodbye. Everybody puts out a message of some kind, yeah. whether they're leaving or whether they're staying or something. I mean, so it's interesting, especially the quarterback. I mean, usually the quarterback puts out a message, especially when, you know, there are questions and he's, his eligibility obviously still allows him to come back. But there are questions to, as to whether he's going to enter his name into the NFL draft. But he's still got time. I mean, he doesn't have to declare until the 15th. I will uh, credit Don Williams out there in Lubbock, um, who covers the Red Raiders. He put this tweet out yesterday in reference to Alan Bowman your question of how he gets another year of eligibility. He says it's pretty simple. He said uh, four years to play, one redshirt year. Mm-hmm. One COVID, COVID, COVID year, year for yeah. anyone who played in 2020. Then injury. And then a medical hardship waiver year yeah. available to anyone who suffered an early season-ending injury. So, essentially, Bowman is taking advantage of his four years, which are done, his redshirt year, his COVID year, and now he's taking the medical hardship year. So that yeah. gets him to seven. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it, it, it's, it's amazing. I yeah. Mean, it really is to have seven years of eligibility. I mean, good for him. I'm glad he got it. Uh, but, man, that's just, it's rare. Well, think about him. He's playing to play football for, you know, parts of seven years. He has, a degree, he has a degree from Tech. He's got a graduate degree from Michigan. And now whatever he's doing at, at Stillwater, you know, postgraduate, I don't know. I mean, whatever he's up to. Yeah. And he's still playing football. No, it's smart. I mean, Texas just got beat by sixth-year senior. Yeah. Uh, quarterback. So, I mean, that's – especially he had multiple injuries too. So, I, that does help with the medical. It doesn't help. Um, but that's the reason you get it, the COVID year threw everything off because I think we just kind of lost track of everybody's eligibility during that time. And I'm not – was it? it's just one extra added COVID year that everybody that's got. That's right. Yeah, uh, in that time span. So, yeah, I just kind of threw it off a little bit. But uh, it's amazing that guys are staying that, staying that long. Well, but the quarterback position specifically – it's – you can argue that it's helping college football because they're getting more high-level quarterbacks to stay around longer. Well, think about it. I mean, 2018, coming out of high school, the class included Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but it also included Michael Penix and Bo Nix. I mean, guys who are – I mean, Trevor Lawrence has been in the NFL for three years now. Oh, uh, Justin Fields is playing for the Bears. I mean, the, the, those quarter – and now Michael Penix will, you know, after three years beyond those, because those guys left after three seasons, oh, yeah. jumped in the National Football League. I know Bo Nix and Michael Penix kept playing. And uh, now most people look at Michael Penix, the performance he had on uh, Monday night. This guy's going to push to be the – you know, second or third quarterback off the board. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Also, Bo Nix has put himself in a position to be a first-round draft pick uh, this coming year. And as you say, the NFL likes it. They like the experience, the reps, the uh, the experience that you that you gain, uh, and they've just improved. And yep. they're they're better than they were. They weren't they weren't pro prospects after their third year or fourth year. They are now though. And Michael Penix has a chance to finish with a national championship against J.J. McCarthy and the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, but it, it, exactly. NFL is starting to like it more. They're leaning that way. But I think for college coaches, you get more quarterbacks. You're still getting your influx of new quarterbacks year after year. That happens, no doubt. But now you're keeping fifth, six-year quarterbacks. You know, like Dylan Gabriel. He's staying around, hopping from university to university. Good for him. I'm glad he's making the money. Casey Thompson's still playing Casey somewhere. Thompson, <laughs> I'm saying, like, but so you do, at least that coach, you get options. You're like, all right, you know what, worst-case scenario, let me get one of these old vets. At least they can come in and run the offense at a competent level 
you know, have, make good decisions, you know, obviously, you know, limit turnovers, that kind of stuff, just to keep the offense running rather than have a young quarterback who doesn't know what he's doing and is kind of overwhelmed at the time. So I think it's helping college, stabilize college football quarterback rooms too, in addition to what you just mentioned, E, that the NFL likes it because they're tired of taking a chance on these one-year wonders. And, and, you know, now they want a, a, a sample size. It's a lot larger, two, three years of a sample size to go to watch the growth, to watch them struggle, that kind of stuff. And I, I actually like it. I think it's a – at least as a scout, it gives you, I think, more – It gives you more data, data points, points to – Yeah, to data evaluate. points. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, well, then you have the flip side of that, a guy like uh, dri- former Dripping Springs quarterback Austin Novosad, right? He was a big four- or five-star quarterback out of this area. He's at Oregon, and he's, you know, waiting behind Bo Nix, apparently – well, now they're going to bring in Dylan Gabriel. He's like, wait a second. What am I supposed to do about that? Where yeah. Now what am I doing? <laughs> I mean, when, when do I get it to play? Uh, so I, I haven't heard that Austin Novosad is disgruntled or wants to transfer, but either way, he's going to have to play or at least compete with. I mean, look, look at Devin Brown at Ohio State. Devin Brown was a kid out of, of Glendale, Arizona. Came in as a redshirt freshman or freshman last year, played behind C.J. Stroud, and then last year as a redshirt freshman battled Kyle McCord for the starting job in Columbus. McCord wins it. McCord leads Ohio State to you know a pretty darn good season. Uh, didn't beat Michigan, so they didn't get make the fourteen playoff. But then McCord transfers to Syracuse. It assumes it's De- it's Devin Brown's job, or at least job to lose. And here comes Will nope. Howard. Yep. Will spill the pill rolling bring, in there. I'm going to bring in a vet to help stabilize things. That's exactly here, right. I don't know this youngster might implode. And I need a veteran in here, and I think. That's the approach some of these schools are starting to have. Like, there's nothing wrong with bringing it. I, I, I don't even think Will Howard really fits the system. No. I just think they want a veteran quarterback who's played reps and played snaps just in case. Is that going to be a happens. situation where, because as, as someone who sees Ohio State quite a bit, I haven't seen much of Devin Brown. He's the one that wears number 33. It's so weird. I mean, it, it's weird to see a quarterback wearing number 33. You're like, what is wrong with <laughs> this backfield picture? Is, yeah. like, is that the run? Are they doing a wildcat? Well, wait, hold on. What are we doing here? <laughs> but he, he wears it in honor. I can't remember who he wears it for. He wears it in honor of something. Uh, but either way, you know, he's never, like, jumped off the screen. He's like, oh, this guy's really talented. Uh, so, you know, you wonder what kind of a – I guess you're Ryan Day. You're, you're not making assurances, I'm assuming. But if you're – remember last year, Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders transferred to Ole Miss and then never played. Never played? Never played. And we were like, hold on, why do you leave a starting job to go somewhere where you never Which played? Which is where Alan Bowman came in and yeah. took the starting job. But, but I think that Lane Kiffin was a quarterback guy. I was like, no, I, need, I want a veteran to stabilize just in case. Well, you can't get caught – Insurance uh, policy. Talk about the injuries to quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't get caught uh, without a QB, and, and the, the stakes are too high uh, in college football today. So, But if you're Will Howard, you, you have to have some assurance from Ryan Day that I'm going to get a fair shot at this. Yeah, fair shot, but that's, that's, all, play. The, that's all the insurances they could give you. But I guess he wasn't going to be the start necessarily at K-State. He's going to be splitting time with the young buck, Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson, who's considered, you know, one of the premier athletes to ever come out of Kansas. So uh, I think the, the job – he might have been getting a hint that the job was going to be passed down anyway. And Will Howard, he's been – remember, they brought in Adrian Martinez when they had Will Howard as the front runner for that job. Will Howard has never really been, I don't know, given the, the job. He's kind of had to earn it, and because of some certain issues, he would end up playing. But he's never really had that starting job and be, had comfort that it was his. Yeah. Well, right? he, and, and he, there, if he had come back to – K-State, there's no guarantee you'd have been the start. I mean, so Aaron, Avery, Avery Johnson, Johnson Avery Johnson's right. there. Yeah, the baller. They had Adrian, they brought in Adrian Martinez before that. And <laughs> yeah, you're they, right about Avery that. Johnson come in. It seems like every time he thinks the job is his, he's got to fight <laughs> off somebody for it. And I guess that's just the, that's the nature of things It now. is. It is. I well, mean, look at Quinn. People are talking about Quinn coming back. It's like, well, he's going to have to compete with uh, Arch Manning. We're like, well, he's, he just won the Big 12. I mean, I think he's, he's going to be the starting quarterback. And yet, nationally, there's a, a conversation, even some Longhorn fans, about him competing for the job. And I'm like, man, that's – it's funny, and, and this time of year now, Pete Thamel of ESPN becomes kind of the Adam Schefter. Like his phone's blowing up. He's the one breaking all these breaking stories, news. breaking news. Yeah. Uh, but his, his tweet yesterday says, former Kansas State quarterback Will Howard tells ESPN that he's committed to Ohio State. Howard led K-State to the Big 12 title in 2022, gives the Buckeyes yeah. one of the most talented and experienced available quarterbacks on the market. But he may not have even started at his own school. So, I mean, this I, is I where say, we're at. I don't think he necessarily fits the system. I think he just – I think – and I don't think Spencer Sanders – I don't know if Spencer Sanders fit the Lane Kiffin. I think there is a movement happening right now where you have the, availability, you have the uh, available, availability of these veteran quarterbacks. You can get one to stabilize your room and be an insurance policy um, if one of these young kind of hotshot quarterbacks doesn't work out or they're overwhelmed at the moment, which, by the way, at one time probably was Will Howard with K-State. 
and now it's Avery Johnson. Uh, it's just very strange. You start to see these situations pop up at different schools. It is. It is odd, right? Uh, it, it, it's it's a new day. It's a new day. Yeah. It's a new dawn. Right. As the song sings. So, so, several people mentioned Devin Brown at Ohio State wears number thirty-three in Sammy honor Ball? of Sammy Ball. Yeah. I think I remember that, actually. I don't like it. I like Sammy Baugh, but <laughs> it just doesn't look right. You know, slanging Sammy Baugh, man. It's like, remember a back shout in, out. Come on. Remember, we were, we were kind of, uh, I think most of us are uncomfortable when it would have been a big guy wears a single-digit number. You know, like a big defensive tackle wears number one. They better be good. That's weird. I would say they better be good. <laughs> That's weird, man. You're a big man wearing a single digit. Wearing six. Cold. Yeah. You got to be cold if you're doing that. And, yeah, the quarterback wearing 33. And if he's wearing 33, and you got to be cold. Is he? Uh, no, not, not so far. Not so far. <laughs> no, he's not slanging Sammy Ball code? No. Well, he's aspiring. Who was the Michigan quarterback that wore 97 that one year? Was that Denard yeah, Robinson? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, Denard Robertson. Robinson, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Doug Flutie wore 22, of course. Shoelaces. Doug, Doug Flutie was 22 on a Heisman Trophy in 22. Yeah, the 22 count. He, he rocked it nice though. I don't know why that 22. It, it fit, though, for some reason. That 22. It, 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 didn't look, it looked weird, but I don't know. He made it work. Maybe he had so much swag. Well, and, and Sammy Baugh, Sammy Baugh's back when they're running the single wing, so he kind of was a running back, right? But then he would sling it, sling it, Sammy Baugh. He's slanging it, baby. Maybe he wants. To, maybe he wants. To, is he a runner? Can he run? Nah, not really. <laughs> I just haven't. I mean, Devin Brown, you haven't seen much. Even Buckeye fans, he, he was he got the start, and you because you know when Ohio State lost Kyle McCord to Syracuse. I mean, immediately, it's like, how was he forced out? Well, what's going on here? And then he lands at Syracuse, which is a downgrade from being at Ohio State. Um, it kind of felt like Devin Brown was kind of like being given the job. Uh, and he went out in the, in the, uh, against Missouri in the Cotton Bowl, got hurt in the first quarter, and injuries would kind of derailed him this year. And so he gets hurt. He can't finish the game. They got to bring in the true freshman. They score three points against, West, against Missouri and lose that game 14-3. to three. Uh, Kind of an embarrassing game for the Buckeyes. Yeah. And uh, so now, yeah, now Will Howard's coming in, and we'll see. It's it's the new day. It's the new dawn. There's just uh, mm. things we've never seen before. We don't claim to understand them, but here we are. We're just no, uh, talking about them. It is. No, it's, it's really interesting how uh, really NIL is terraforming college yeah. football in a sense because even the – let's go look at the situation. We talked about this yesterday, and now there's a lot more uh, – I don't know, de- not say details, rumors <laughs> that are popping up about this story, the Judkins kid. Uh, At Ole Miss, yeah, Quinshawn Judkins, he's, uh, the, uh, one of the top running backs he, in the SEC. Yeah, he's a fresh, he was the freshman of the year, uh, his first year in the SEC. Has rushed for over 2,700 yards, 34 touchdowns in two seasons with Ole Miss, and he's hitting the transfer portal. And the rumor, it's just for rumor, the rumor is it's NIL-related, that he's not getting what he believes is his market value. Um, the Shannon Terry tweeted out who does the on threes NIL evaluations. I'm not sure exactly how their formula works. Just, just giving you their perspective. They say he's worth 535k as a player. That's his NIL valuation. Um, he says I suspect he is asking for two to three times his value. Even uh, in this climate, hard to see a running back command a $1 million value. Guys, what's happening in the NFL is happening now with the NIL, basically with college football's version of the salary cap. Quarterbacks, we already know that, right? Matt Rule told you, oh, one or $2 million if I want to get a real good quarterback out of the transfer portal. I'm talking about five-star, top-notch, elite quarterback out of the transfer portal. I don't know what the Will Howards cost you, all right? But that's, we know that. And now you're seeing a running back, much like you see him in the NFL, complain about their value and what they're being paid. A top-notch running back, potentially. This is yeah. the rumor. Well, um, well, and, and teams unwilling to pay that because they don't think about a running back is worth that, even in college, potentially. Yeah, he is a big-time player, Quinshawn Judkins. And, uh, you know, the first SEC running back since Herschel Walker to score 15 or more touchdowns in each of his first two seasons, yeah. 34 touchdowns in two years. But there's also the other side that there are some reporting yesterday that, uh, and again, these are rumors and speculation, that the Ole Miss coaches kind of told him. Because it's uh, they had some he had some blow ups with teammates, and then this is further evidence of that that maybe he's kind of a me guy. To your point about he wants more nil dollars, is um, Jackson Dart the quarterback? Upon the news, put out a short video of Tom Brady doing. Remember that Tom Brady sit down kind of uh, TED talk that he did? Yeah. And it's Tom Brady talking about being a me guy. If you want me guys in your locker room, you can have them. I, I want to compete against me guys, kind of thing. Yeah. So essentially, message of. Yeah, okay. we'll be, you know, addition by subtraction kind okay. of thing. At yeah. least coming from the from the players at Ole Miss that this guy was all about himself. 
Uh, and now he's into the portal, which because that came down right at the end of our show yesterday, yeah. and you're thinking, wow, that is that is weird. Yeah, <laughs> and so, going on. Something's up. Yeah. And of course, yeah. even you know, Steve Sarkeesian's been so big and uh, outspoken about culture and type of players they want, and you know, Longhorn fans still want to know why Sark's not recruiting Evan Stewart, the uh, the Texas A&M portal receiver. No, I think there's a reason. I mean, they're not going to upset the culture that they've worked uh, intentionally to build, and, um, and so we'll see. That also could be Quinshawn Judkins, a good player. Great, great player. productive, yeah, yeah. well, productive, most productive player, player to get in the portal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. He's their best player, um, and that, that's yeah. You, you're right about the the, the the rumors that maybe he's he's one of those guys that's a little selfish, um, thinks about himself, not really about the team. And even Lane Kiffin, there's some people that believe he's hinted at that as well in some media availabilities and some uh, post game press conference. So uh, you probably know a lot about him, um, Ty, because I know you follow Ole Miss football, but. Um, that, that's wild. I think this is a new era, though. I'm just talking about the new landscape of college football. You know, talking about valuation and salary, basically NIL dollars as it relates to how the NFL handles their salary cap. Every school is going to be different because their NIL resources are different. I think it's fascinating. Fascinating. And we don't know much about it because it's only – Three years old. Buckeye fan weighing in here says Ohio State had no choice to bring in, but to bring in another quarterback. Uh, Devin Brown is injury prone. He wears 33 in honor of Sammy Baugh. So thanks to that. Yeah, Jackson Dart sent out a strong message after that from JW. Yeah, he did. I mean, made it clear. There's also some reporting about like like Quinchon Judkins, you know, going to into the coaches' rooms and telling them how to run the offense better. Those kind of things. <laughs> like, yo, bro, <laughs> give me the ball. That's how you run an offense better. Okay. <laughs> hey, he's a running back. Give me that ball. Hey. Somebody will bring him in, you got to think. So we'll watch uh, Jackson. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see Judkin. where it goes. Because that will obviously add to the narrative. It's like, hey, man, what they, what they spent on this dude? Yeah, man. They spent on the running back. Good stuff uh, to start the show, the, uh, the ever-changing landscape of college football. And as we said yesterday, though, for those who say it's ruining college football, though, TV ratings, gangbusters for the semifinals. Even that bowl game that was the Orange Bowl, which is a debacle, the uh, Clemson, excuse me, the uh, Florida State-Georgia game drew, like, doubled anything the NBA did on Christmas Day. I mean, five million people tuned into that game, yep. uh, which is what this is about, right? This is what's, what's pushing all of the change and the consolidation of conferences, and uh, it's, it's TV. It's TV revenue. It's uh, the second most popular sport in this country behind the NFL. I mean, it's all the same sport, but it's just a different version which of it. Which makes it one of the most popular <laughs> TV shows in America. That's right. <laughs> and it's still appointment viewing for fans yeah. uh, who are in the realm of binge-watching things, watching things later uh, for sports you watch in real time. And uh, that's why the, the money is there and the growth is there for sure, uh, like it or hate it. We'll come back. Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain. Uh, we'll talk about Byron Murphy and uh, Jonathan Brooks. We talked yesterday about Jonathan Brooks and his decision. He's made it, it appears. He is going to strike while the iron is hot as far as his professional value. We'll get into that and what's to come for the Longhorns. Uh, Rod will take us behind the BOC. So what the facts for the end of our first hour of our five-hour Friday conversation here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby on 1019. <laughs> Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. We mentioned our headlines, top of the hour, a couple of Longhorn commitments turning heads down in San Antonio, you know, ahead of that Ravens-Steelers game tomorrow, Rod, the uh, All-American game down in San Antonio will be played, and uh, beyond, I think NBC carries that ball game these days, and uh, Ryan Wingo was cited as one of the uh, standout players for the three days of practice by the on-three uh, scouts and said uh, the six-foot, six-one-and-a-half, uh, 210-pounder says here's, here's Charles Power of on-three, their director of scouting and rankings, says Ringo flashed long speed during the West practice. The six-one-and-a-half, 210-pounder could get vertical in a hurry. Highlight of the day came on a one-on-one drill. Where you got a few catches, and you're, you know, you're going up against fellow – uh, yeah. All-Americans at the high school level, so the best of the best. Uh, and he's uh, standing out. And as we told you and heard from Jerry Hamilton yesterday, uh, Trey Owens, the uh, Longhorn quarterback signee for 2024. Chunking the deep out there. Uh, chunking the deep ball and making real decisive throws. Uh, we'll get to see both of those guys along with Ty, An- Ty Anthony Smith and the punter. Um, seven other Longhorn commitments played in the Under Armour game earlier this week in Orlando. So that's 11 players. And remember, the Longhorns will have 2021 new guys rolling in here here in January. Uh, as early enrollees and the three portal commitments the Longhorns have added in uh, Matthew Golden, Andrew Makuba, and Trey Moore, the past rusher out of UTSA to go with the uh, the 18 high school prospects who have graduated early and are getting a jump start on their college career. That includes Ryan Wingo and Trey Moore. 
Yeah, guys coming into college or early. Trey Owens. T- guys coming into college earlier and staying longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? They're well, coming in early enrollees. Now we got guys coming in to practice with the team for the bowl games, and yet they're staying for seven years. It's amazing. I just I missed my window, man. I just missed my window. You could have been in college a long time playing ball for a long time. Damn it. <laughs> I get older and the co-eds say the right. same age, Ross. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I mean, so right. It's okay, uh, Seriously. Oh, man, it's amazing. Uh, but, no, to your, to 25, your point. 25-year-old dudes on college Dude, campuses. I what mean, are y'all doing here? Guys, when I came back, when I got done with the NFL, I was about 28, 29 years old, and I came back. Some of these guys, they're like they're in college when they're 25 years old. Hey, I, mean, I did it, and I didn't I, play football. There you go. But no, uh, you not twenty five. You're called. Those are called non traditional students. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Trust me. But I had a good time when I came back. So trust me. I'm, I'm not judging anybody who. Uh, you said you had fun. Oh, I have, it was one of the best years. It was one of the best years of my life. I'm not joking. I'm serious. It was amazing. Like to this day, I should make. There should be a movie made about that. It was amazing. Oh, I want to make it. Former NFL player just comes back. It is, I mean, a lot of guys did it. But and all you're doing school. is school. You're not having all to go to football practice or anything. Nothing. Didn't do anything. <laughs> Oh, it was, it was, I'm telling you guys, it was amazing. I will not go into detail, but I had the, the time of my life. I mean, it was, it was great. I had no responsibility, really, and I had some money in my pocket already from the league, so I wasn't worried about money, but I was on scholarship. Yeah, because Mac Brown kept yeah. his, fulfilled his promise to so, your mom. Yes, yeah, so I was on scholarship. I was getting paid. They, they was paying for me to live off campus. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was amazing. It was, I'm telling you, it was, it was a great – and I learned so much. I was, I was, like, so upset with myself. Because I was in the front row learning. I was the guy asking questions. I was doing the readings. I was leading the study groups. Yeah, man. Well, you're, you've, uh, you've, you've uh, matured mature, fully, right? Oh, now you're 28 I, years old. Man, so much fun. I was like, man, I should have did this from the jump. But, you know, but then I wouldn't have had the experience of going back. <laughs> well, we know that uh, uh, the male the male frontal cortex doesn't oh. fully evolve until 24, 25 years old, right, That's true. And plus, when you're 21, you're – you know, you're, you haven't fully developed, and you're distracted by football and oh, all the other things that go on. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you, you're, you're fully grown. That's pretty cool. That's a great story. Oh, and now, yeah, they got dudes that are just never leaving. <laughs> and I know why. <laughs> My point is that's why I get it. I can relate. I was like, oh, man, I should have did this. I, I could have red, redshirted. No, I should have told Mac Mac, I need the red shirt, man. Can I get that red shirt? Uh, also, behind the burnt oh. orange curtain, we'll talk a little bit more. But there are still guys that are jumping as soon as they can, right? JT Sanders has yeah. a chance. And When you're uh, a high-level talent, you couldn't rub. You drafted in the fourth round. I should have stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. You needed a COVID year. Yeah. You needed a hardship year. But guys like Rod B, I could stuck around, made some NIL money, made good money, stuck around, got a master's degree. E, I'm telling you, guys like Rod B, just jabronis like Rod B, Jags like me, it, NIL, oh, man, this, this era of football is it. Yeah, you're you right about that. You stay longer, NIL dollars, and you can get your, like you said, you get your master's. You start working toward, you know. Getting, All getting paid for. <laughs> yeah, get paid for. Well, and it look, oh. you know, cite Alan Bowman, who's going to go for a seventh year at Oak State. Yeah. He's already got a graduate degree from Michigan. And if I go to the league, great. But if you go to the league, your average career is three and a half years anyway. And you get to still play ball and uh, – you know, that's good. it's good to be the quarterback at Oklahoma State on campus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and by the way, now you got like two leagues. You can go to XFL, make a little cash. Yeah, that's coming you back. Go, you, yeah, I'm just saying. Oh, now you just got more options. I'm happy for the guys. Yeah, it is good. It, it is great, good for man. the industry of football. Yes, it is. Uh, and for those young people particularly. Yeah. Uh, as A.D. Mitchell talked about when he was in New Orleans, people asked about NAL dollars, and, you know, there's still people that hate it. It's like, yo, I mean, you know, we've we balled out. He's at Georgia. And he goes, you know, one of the things now is I, I can pay for daycare for my child. Yeah. I, you know, I was scratching for money even when we were winning national championships at Georgia. Yeah. Now I've got a, a three-year-old, and I pay for the daycare. I, yeah. People who have kids know how expensive daycare That's is. Deep. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then A.D. Mitchell was straight up with him. Yeah. He's like, look, y'all. I mean, now I'm paying for daycare. I've got cash in my pocket to help he's buy diapers buy, and yeah, things that matter. Buy, buy gifts now. How, how expensive yeah. is daycare per month? Oh, my gosh. It's like rent. Fourteen hundred bucks, no. three hundred dollars. No, dude, it's for like daily rent. daycare for one yeah. child. Yes, it's like rent, bro. No, no just, trust me. I've been researching it. It's well, like rent. Think so about that's, what it costs. That's why for, my mom used to drop me off the YMCA. I guess. That, that's why. That's why families try to when to work from home, and then so you know, mom and or dad live around split, family. Live around family. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Free, that, free daycare potentially it or, or affordable. It matters, bro. Trust me. And we this was twenty years ago now, but we had three under five at one point. Ooh, when yeah. We, one or, newbie radio income mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. scratching penny what that was. Well, remember yeah. when i was first in radio i used to do a morning shift i'd go home and i'd be with daddy all day and then go yeah. back and do an afternoon shift we only had to pay for daycare and that for, little gap yeah yeah from like three to five so that's two good. hours a day versus all day 
Uh, it was long days, but that's just what you do. But, yeah, Ty, if you're thinking about having children, be ready for be that. Be ready for it, brother. It's, an, it's another rent payment. <laughs> Trust me. I, I, I'm researching it right now, and I'm like, okay, we got to make something work. We yeah, we we'll do, figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Yeah, we'll make yeah, it I'm work. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get, we'll get texts on the message line now. But, oh, yeah, here's how much it is. Because yeah. uh, it's a lot more than it was when I was doing it. I don't know. Yeah, we, it's, it's, it's expensive. It is. I, well, it we is won't not, get into the details, but it's really expensive. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And A.D. Mitchell was making that point. Look, y'all, I mean, you guys think we're out buying sports cars and things. I mean, I'm paying for for a child, and I yeah. couldn't do that before. Uh, that's one of the reasons I came back, to be in Texas where my child was. Uh, so good for him. Can we go to uh, Behind the Burn Orange Curtain? Let's, Let's go to the BOC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about some of the uh, departures for the Longhorns. Uh, and one of them, I think, is a, a very sentimental figure for the Longhorns. Uh, Jordan Whittington has decided that he – well, he hasn't decided. His, his, his eligibility is up. He's one of those guys whose eligibility is actually exhausted, um, and he's done. He had a message for the Longhorn fans, though, via social media, a goodbye of sorts. Uh, my man Ty has the audio. We'll listen to the audio, and then uh, we'll come back and discuss the, uh, the legacy of one Jordan Whittington. Jordan Whittington. They call him the, the junkyard dog because he does all the dirty work. So Dear Texas, thank you. Every moment I've had here, good or bad, has been a piece of such an important chapter in my life. And it's an honor to say I didn't just play at Texas, I played for Texas. Every minute, every day, every year, I gave you my all. Tremendous effort from Jordan Whittington. Those are game-winning plays. And now, I feel complete. Over the middle, top, touchdown, Texas. Jordan Whittington. Jordan Whittington with an absolutely outstanding block. Scott! Jordan Whittington! So after 17 long years, or however long it's been since I've been here, it's time to go. But no matter when, no matter where, no matter what, I'll forever be a Texas Longhorn. Hook. It's a nice message there from Jay Witt. I'm gonna. Did you notice the uh, the saying at the beginning of the message though? I didn't. I didn't come to play at Texas. I came to play for Texas. Just saying. Sark, Sark kept on saying that was, earlier this year, right? No, Rod said it. Rod said it for two, three years. I've been hearing that. No, it was a, yeah, right. I've been saying it for like five years. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, no, it's great. But no, I'm glad. I'm glad, it, I'm glad the message is is penetrating, right? Well, and we've covered some teams. Yeah. You certainly covered teams where that wasn't the case. They yeah. came to, to find out what Texas could give them. Yeah, I was saying that basically my my message, like I said, started this like like five years ago, was that there are two types of Texas football players. They're the guys that come to play at Texas and the guys that come to play for Texas. And it's almost like that old JFK quote, right? Uh, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Um, now ask not what Texas can do for you, but what you can do for Texas. The guys who come to play for Texas, they want to know what they can do for the university, the Jay Wits, the Rojos, the guys that come to play at Texas. They want to know about, can I get ACL tickets? What was up with South by Southwest? Uh, what about, what's up with them NIL dollars? What can Texas do for me? All right, not what I can do for Texas. And Jay Witt epitomizes, you know, the guys who want to play for Texas, as he said. And I think he's always been a for Texas guy. But I will say that guys can evolve. I, I was playing with guys who were at Texas guys at first, and then they became for Texas guys toward the end because the culture, the culture demanded it. And their culture demands that you are a Ford Texas guy. That's why they're not bringing in guys who potentially could be at Texas guys, guys who are not, as uh, Jeff Banks put it, uh, when they look for players or when they're evaluating players, they look for signs, signs of respect, respect for your teammates, respect for your locker room, respect for the game, respect for your coaches, um, respect for their culture. And if they don't see them signs, they ain't bringing that guy in. And that's what Jeff Banks said. And I, I think that's all about that attitude. So I'm glad that that is the mantra now over there in that culture. That is what you need. When you have more guys in that locker room that are for Texas and not guys who are just at Texas, that's when you're going to be, you know, competing for championships that, consistently. Well, that, that's when the sum is, uh, is greater than the parts, right, yep. on any team. And this is just this is a football team, but in any, any elite team, that's the case. And, right, the, the players start to root out 
the bad seeds, right? The bad weeds. Uh, and we've seen that with Texas and this, you know, Sark growth of culture is, uh, you know, guys that don't fit, you know, what was it? Ajay, Ajay Hall, the, the, uh, portal commitment that came in from Alabama. It was the Texas players that went to Sark and said, you know, this, this guy's not working out. Yeah. This guy's not a fit for us. And, um, you know, we don't know who specifically, but you can probably predict. And yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's good stuff right there, Rod, because, uh, what was the movie draft day where, Oh, the yeah. quarterback, nobody yeah, came to his birthday party. <laughs> nobody came to his birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Bo Callahan. Yeah. Hey, and, and the yeah. team if over no me. No one's coming to your birthday. You got to look for, look for, look for signs. signs, man, yeah. The, the team over me attitude does translate to NIL dollars, too. I'm sure. Like, 100%. Like, like, you look at, like, Brock Cunningham. I'm sure he's not the best player on that team, but I'm sure he's one of the highest NIL earners because fans love him for, for what he's done. For the university. That's a very good point. I'm sure well, Jordan hey, Winston's the same way. That's well, Jordan Whittington is kind of this year's totally version true. of Rojo, right? I mean, guys who will forever be a fan favorite. Uh, yeah. Think about uh, Jordan Whittington, the, the fumble caused in the TCU game. They maybe saved the run to the semifinal in the Big 12 championship the game. Terry said he played that for the basketball yeah. team. Like, man, hey, this is a culture play. This culture play. This is a culture play. He's a culture bearer. That's what we're going to start calling these guys, right? They, they kind of, they, they're the ones who epitomize the culture. Uh, Rojo did it. I was talking to uh, – yesterday we were talking to Jalen Ford. And Jalen Ford told a, a great story about after they were blown, like they beat, they lost to Kansas, one of the low points. Uh, that road, that was the moment actually. Rojo stood up and had a moment with the team. Um, that it wasn't necessarily later on after that Tech game. We hear about the Texas losing the Tech and then Rojo having the team meeting. Um, but he said Rojo stood up after that and t- talked about how they were going to change the culture. Um, that, you know, this is the moment that we got to all remember this pain <laughs> and this hurt, uh, and then we're going to use this to fuel us going forward and almost foreshadowed what we're seeing now. And he was a guy that kind of, you know, that run, and Tuck talks about how it, the, the culture started in that running back room. We guys like Rojo and B. John just cleaning up the running back room, working hard. Rojo's sacrifice. Uh, I was talking to Coach Shipley about this, Coach Bob Shipley, you know, because he was there when, you know, Rojo was making the transition from quarterback to running back. And he said for Rojo, it was uh, it was no question. Like, there was no resistance at all. I was like, yeah, what, y'all need, what do y'all need? Y'all yeah. need me there? I know I'm a quarterback. Usually quarterbacks are divas. Quarterbacks transfer now when teams, teams ask them to change positions, and Rojo didn't. That's a guy that's selfless, and that's kind of sacrifice. That – that 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 living testimony in your locker room, guys, that guy walking around every day and forcing everybody in the locker room to be accountable, seeing that kind of excellence, it has it trust it spreads like wildfire. You need those culture bearers on your team who live it. All culture is is habits every day. Right, 365 days. How you do? How you do anything is how you do everything. Attacking everything with the same vigor and with the same attitude, whether it be your workouts, whether it be class. That's what culture is. And you have some guys who do that. And and, and Jay Witt's the latest example of it because this is a guy that couldn't stay healthy. But what did he do to make sure he could make it through an entire football season? And he said it. I started. I changed my workouts. All right, he's a guy that his family wore a bunch of power lifters, so he came in a little too, uh, too, uh, too, too swollen. Too yeah, tight. too swollen and wound up. That was affecting him. He had to do that. He had to. So that was a little bit of him breaking away from his identity. He admitted he had to change his eating habits. Hell, Ty, you know how tough that is. He's like, no, man, I, I used to eat. He had, can't eat barbecue and wings like everybody else. I got to change my eating habits. My physiology is a little bit different. He had to come in early to make sure that he warmed up properly. So coming in an hour or so early, he had to stay an hour or so late. He couldn't just leave like everybody else. Because his body wasn't the same. He had to warm up properly, warm down properly. All this sacrifice to make sure that he got a chance to play. And when he did play, he wasn't complaining. Even, I love A.D. Mitchell. A.D. Mitchell complains about not getting the ball. You can see it. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I need the ball. Ain't mad at him because great players want the ball and they should get the ball. Jay, we don't complain. You never see him complain. Uh, Brandon Marion had a great quote. What you do without the football shows how much you love your teammates. Jay Witt loves his teammates. He does. His effort without the football, it is fanatical. And he, he loves his teammates that much. And what I love about him uh, even more than that, that he's unselfish, I mean, that he's you know, selfless and unselfish, is that when he scores, the few times it is, he'll go hang out with Bevo. He actually has a relationship with Bevo, this connection with Bevo. And I know Bevo's has a Ricky Brennan is my dog. That is not fabricated. That ain't fake. This dude actually asked for time with Bevo if he could get it, if there's if any way possible. Jay Witt epitomizes the, the culture bearer right now. And I don't know who it's going to be next season, but you're right. We had Rojo last year for the last two, that two years, first two years of Sark, and then you had Jay Witt this year. Who is it going to be next year? Because you need somebody that can epitomize it. It's not always the most elite player on the team or even in that room. No. Michael Taft. Uh, yeah. uh, Michael, well, Taft look, I mean, Taft's daddy like would be that. one for sure. And, and Sark did say that he feels like, 
you know, where it was a couple of guys two years ago and then more this year. He thinks they've got 30, 40 guys who can pick up that, that mantra, mantra and run with it. And Quinn Ewers uh, talked in the post game of the loss to Washington yeah. saying, I want to be one of those guys and, and start attacking this offseason. And uh, you know, there's a great book called Atomic Habits, Rod. Um, great book, by the way. Oh, I'll write that down. And it's uh, you know, must read or must listen. Okay. But it goes exactly what you're saying. The, the, the basic premise is if you improve on your habits 1% a day every day, uh, the, the, the trajectory of change in your life will be extraordinary. Everybody wants to change it tomorrow. Like everything's got to change. Like when, this, this can go to New Year's resolutions, right, and things you're trying to change in your life. Yep. You, you, 1% per day at your habits over the course of a year. Just, it's amazing what it does. Exponential growth. Yeah, cause you got it's pro- like compound interest in money. Yeah, because you got to be obsessed with the process. Nick Saban talks about yeah. this. You be, y'all want to be obsessed with the product. Yeah. The process is what you got to become obsessed That's with. That's exactly right. And then the product will take care of itself. And you'll see the results. But if, yeah. you're, if you're results-driven, you're never going to finish the mission, right? Yes. You're not going to do it. You'll be too much too frustrated. With but if everything. you boil it down to one person, I mean, everybody can get better at something 1% a day, mm-hmm. uh, each each day. I mean, that okay. doesn't seem like too, like too daunting. Just do it each day. But then Atomic you – Atomic Habits. Good book. Good, good stuff. Good, good book. Hey, we come back. Uh, and because your point about the culture bears can will spread. Well, the other part is too. Culture cancers, mm-hmm. same yes. thing. That spreads through your room too. What, what, uh, what is oh, what is called? Energy vampires. Energy what vampires. Colonel calls, yeah. right? Energy vampires. Because, well, you, you know, coaches and leaders, you start spending all your time dealing with them. And uh, you know, they take they suck up your, your energy because you're trying to mess with guys who are me guys. And that could be why Ole Miss is you – know, Quinshawn Junkins is into fair. the transfer yeah, portal and maybe was encouraged to do so. Sure. Uh, either way, uh, good stuff, Rod. Good stuff, Jordan Whittington. And we'll take your thoughts. Also, we got the people coming in saying how much daycare costs now, which we appreciate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, hit me up with them recommendations because I need that stuff Which too, will lead way. to what Please the facts do. coming up. <laughs> also, reset our headlines at the top of the hour. We've got uh, Cowboys on the brain. Cowboys have a simple task. Seemingly simple mission this weekend. Texans have a tougher one. We get to all of it coming up. It's week 18 in the NFL. It's that time of year in college football. It's being, it's a, a hook em up with Ian Rodby rolling forward. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook em up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, busy Friday, and it's a, uh, what does that make it, Rod? A- it's a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition. I'm hook em up with Ian Rod B. Yep, and it's uh, coming up next hour. Rod will have his first rant of the morning, two, two each morning here, 7.15 and 9.15. Also, uh, the 7.30 next hour, Rod, we're going to talk to Sean Bajani, who covers the Houston Texans for uh, Sports Radio 610, the uh, flagship of the Texans. Uh, Sean does a great job. Uh, covering the Texans and was at practice yesterday. Did the uh, we'll talk to Miko Ryan's and the, uh, the the resurgence of the Texans are relevant for the first time in half a decade with a first year head coach and a first year quarterback and they've got a huge game Saturday night in Indianapolis. We'll also talk Cowboys, who as we said, you know, it is a fact rod. They have a very simple simple mission, simple task on uh, seemingly simple. They they're playing a team on the road that has lost seven consecutive games. In Washington, the Commandors, who have a lame duck coach, Ron Rivera. It just it feels like everyone. You feel bad for Eric Bieniemy. He's gonna be part of this, uh, you know, yeah. pink slip per- brigade that's coming probably on Monday. He finally decides to nation. leave <laughs> Andy Reid, and it doesn't last long. And I, but I think he's done a pretty good job with Sam Howell and that Washington offense. But oh, yeah. uh, bigger issues there in, in our nation's capital. But um, problem for the Cowboys is they're they're three and five on the road this year. And they've lost some games on the road that they shouldn't have lost. And to be quite honest about that, and I don't think the Cowboys can lose this game. No, I don't think so. But I didn't think the Eagles could lose to the Cardinals. Right. And that happened. So we've seen some freaky things happen this season. Have we seen the Cowboys lose to the Cardinals? Um, but it, it seems like Cardinals, that Cardinals, they lost to the Panthers. No, that was Houston lost that's to the Panthers. Houston. Still. Talk about inexplicable losses. Uh, I don't think it can happen. I don't. Now it's just too much to play for. Exactly. You've been, because of the Detroit the game and however that ended and yeah. went, you've been given a gift at some level to go win this game and get the two seed. And two seed's huge for the Cowboys. Two seed could be the difference, Rod, between playing in the, in the NFC Championship game yep. or having to face the Niners in the divisional round, right? I and mean, that's how big it is uh, in the, on the road. And that could – <laughs> the ramifications of them because the fact is, if the Cowboys win this yeah. game, lock up the two seed. Yeah, that would mean they'll 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 have to. They're no week off. Only only San Francisco has assured the week off. 
but you're going to play a home game against the lowest seeded team, which means you'll be at home. Um, you'll be the highest rate, highest seeded team playing the first weekend of the playoffs next weekend, and you get a home game there. You win that, you get another home game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which the Cowboys have been unbeatable been, at home. They've been the best team in the NFL at home, I think. Yes, they have. And just in terms of the score. Which means you, you win two home games in the playoffs against – you know, teams, well, all of a sudden, now you're playing in the NFC Championship game in San Francisco, two, versus, two, two seed versus one seed. And, you know, as we talked about, that is, is, you know, even if you lose in San Francisco for the third straight year to, to San Francisco, would that be enough? Would that be a good enough season to make it to the Final Four yeah. for the first time since Ty Henderson, our producer, has been alive? <laughs> and, that, and that's how big to, the, the Sunday's said, game is, Rod. The way you said it, since he's been alive. And it's like, well, yeah, they haven't made true. it to the Final Four the conference championship game since then. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So this is a chance to get there yeah. uh, with two home games where they've been so good this year. No, it's a big – it's a big – I mean, it's – I mean, Ty, is this – what's the last time the Cowboys had a regular season game this big? Oh, the, to, to, yeah, they I mean, is this really big, though? I mean, I – It is big because they have regular to – Regular season game. Regular season. They have to win it to win a division. Probably and, the Kyle Orton uh, versus the Eagles – uh, probably ten plus years ago, when Tony Romo was hurt to get into the playoffs, yeah. oh, they lost. I don't know. That's the last one I can remember. That's like a win and get in situation, week seventeen. Yeah, because if the Cowboys win this game, they'll be the two seed and the host, most likely the Packers. Because the only the only spot that's still is, available in the NFC is the the seven seed. It's very winnable. Very winnable with Jordan Love. Yeah, eight and eight. If they win, they'll be nine and eight. And then if you win that, right, you're going to be still the two seed, and you'd likely play the Rams. Very if the Rams, be, well, Rams are the Lions. Rams are the Lions. Rams the Lions. Probably the Lions. Maybe probably the Lions. And that's I can't say very. Because then the Niners would get the winner of Eagles Bucks. But still, like you laid it out, that's a, <laughs> that's a big difference, man. That's a, that's your road to the that's your path to the NFC title game. But, uh, but like you said, that, like I said yesterday, I don't want that just to be like, oh, we made it. I don't want it to be like kind of like Texas making the playoffs. Like, oh, we achieved our goal of getting here kind of relax and, and be comfortable with that. I, I still think the team has Super Bowl aspirations. No, you're yeah. right. They do. But, I mean, the, the, well, the difference is if they if they don't win this game, well, what a laughing stock that'll be on come, come Monday. Oh, um, because and then you're going to have to be the five seed, go on the road and play Tampa. If you win that, then you go to San Francisco in week two. And like you said, on the road, they're, they're a different team. Much a different team. Yeah. And you, you, you prolong home games, and Jerry's happy about that. That's good for business, to have two sellout home games. Yeah. Come playoff time. Uh, but to Ty's point, if you get to the Final Four, the conference championship game, and you don't win it, because we talked about when the season began, if they don't get they don't get past the divisional round, Mike McCarthy it's could be out. It's a failure on the season. Yeah. But if, you, but if you get this game and you get to the, the, the to the conference championship game, and even if you lose it on the road. Won the division and get to the NFC title game. And Dak Prescott's a pro bowler and yeah. all the things that have come. I don't know. That's, that's how big Sunday afternoon 325 will be, right? I mean, Dak could be considered the best quarterback in the NFC. Is he the best quarterback in the NFC? Well, the three pro bowl quarterbacks are Purdy, Prescott, and uh, Matt Stafford. Yeah, it depends on how much of a Purdy fan you are, I guess. That that conversation would probably come down to if it's Niners Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, who wins it? Uh, well, then they're gonna be talking about Purdy. I, think. <laughs> I like I love Dak, but I, I'll give you some numbers on the Rams too with that Rams Lions first round matchup. If we get it, when the Rams Ooh. are healthy, no one wants to play the Rams. Stafford versus O. When, when the Rams have Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Kyron Williams, their running back, you don't want to play them. I'm okay. telling you, you don't want to play them. I like that. Uh, we'll get into the end. Of course, playoffs begin next weekend. This weekend's Week 18. We got you covered on that. More on the Longhorns as well. Two more. Longhorns headed to the NFL. We'll tell you who coming up in our headlines.